Hello everybody, we're back. Buddies in the Box is back. We don't have a full crew, but we've got nearly a full crew. Uh, we've been a bit light in content this week on WFI and we've missed each other, so we decided to come back and have a bit of a chat about the end of the season, have a bit of a laugh about a few things and and see what it looks like for the uh, Europa League, Champions League, that kind of thing, which is going to take place this week, maybe even the FA Cup. Uh, joining me on the pod, as always, I'm delighted to say, and it's been fucking far too long, is Andy Wales. Andy, how are you? Uh, totally my fault that I haven't been talking to you so much. First of all, my apologies. Uh, very welcome back. How are you? I'm not so bad. Don't apologise, by the way. Don't apologise. But I feel the need to. <laughs> Gavin, that was you... supposed to be like a double, double-edged no, sword, that see, one. I'm from Northern Ireland. I, I feel the urge to apologise, whereas the other clown across there, he, he wouldn't apologise. Gavin Haverty, how are you? Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. I'm feeling bad, this. So we couldn't we couldn't do it this. Why Simon and Garfunkel? Well we came second. Yes, we'll get into that. Thank you. Thank, thank you. And I'm actually I'm actually I'm actually being all right this. Apart from fucking breaking eleven pieces of me with these stupid Americans you keep bringing on, how are things? Do you know I'm actually chuffed to be doing this because it's needed. Yes, after after the disgrace that you've been putting out on my podcast channel, it is needed. Um, Pele, what the fuck? Like, oh yeah, I'm your podcast channel. <laughs> well, you're a legend. Your lunchtime will give you that. Um, so all good with you? Yep, we came second this evening. Um, I'm not overly disappointed. I have thought, you know, yourself. Just it's Madrid. So the great Barcelona won fuck all this season is what you're telling me. We've got the Copa del Rey next week. And is it Celta Vigo? No, it's Alaves. Ah, you'll, be, you'll fucking lose there as well. Yeah, just like Liverpool versus Wimbledon. Ah, uh, Larry Sanchez, I believe. That's, that's, that's excluded from my memory by now. But listen, why not start in England? We'll start actually with poor old Jose, who uh, had a bit of a mare today at his press conference by all stretch of the imagination, Andy. Um, there's not very much to talk through, but... I think the, the British press are finally caught on to Mourinho that it's not really worth turning up. <laughs> oh, poor as yours, eh? Uh, fancy, fancy being carted out in front of a, an adoring crowd of three. <laughs> One of them realising... One of them fucking room. left as soon as he arrived. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, it's Mourinho, I'm gone. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong room. I come here for the tour. <laughs> not even get mourned at. I could go home and get nagged at. So, <laughs> any questions? No? Okay. See Mourinho said good. <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, I'm, well, I'm sure it's a conspiracy. It was all a conspiracy from the FA and uh, the Premier League because they don't help teams in Europe and uh, everybody's got it in for poor Jose. Feel sorry for the fellow. My heart's bleeding. Gav, your thoughts on this one? Uh, you know, like this, this guy's stock is falling fucking faster than 2008's crash. Well, I seen something during the week, Dave, that kind of had left me scratching my heads. And we all know the famous quote from Jose, where he's, you know, famously stated a couple of seasons ago that you know the Europa League is not for him. Well, that's fair enough. Well, you know what, Chief, you're in the Europa League final, and during the week. Again, 
publicly, famously stating that Ajax don't deserve to be in the Europa League because they're a Champions League team. Well, guess what, Jose? They're in the. They're actually playing it in the Europa League final. The man is just. He's anti-football. Yeah, no, but he, you know what? Not even, not even to stoop to that level. He's just anti-football in my eyes. He, he's holding on to something. Okay, he, he had a great team in Porto all those years ago, and it was a great team. When you look when you look on paper, the players he had. He goes to Chelsea. He buys. He, he basically buys the title. Doing the same with Madrid. What's he doing now? It's it's he's winging it, and. I know an awful lot of Manchester United fans who are personal friends of mine. And when I ask them the question, are you happy with this? They're happy in the sense that they're included in the European competitions, potentially. But how, as a club, can you be happy with the style of football, especially with the amount of money you have running around on that pitch? I mean, you have arguably... that they have as well. And, like, you know, I I don't... don't, Go, Mira. I hated the Ferguson era. But they played football. This isn't football. No, it's not football. You've got... Look, take Pogba, Mkhitaryan and the Herrera. Just take those three players. They are three exceptionally gifted technical players. But are they at Man United? Are they? Really? Not in my opinion. It's not down to them. Because you, everybody knows Mourinho's basically a footballing dictator. You do what he says or it doesn't happen at all. I just think the chains, the reins, whatever, whatever you want to say, he's holding them back. Now, for an awful lot of people, that's a good thing, especially you, Dave, Liverpool fans. You know, that's great. But, you know, from a footballing perspective, when you're spending that type of money on a team, yeah, you struggled against a 12th in La Liga, Celta Vigo, who should have put you out if anyone else other than John Guidetti was on that pitch. Yeah, he's into the final now. So for that... You see him walking into the press box. Who gives a fuck what he wants to say? Because everything that's come out of his mouth is just pure and all that bollocks. I've I've got to say, I was I was surprised that um, Duncan Castles wasn't there. Uh, you know, waiting to interview him. He was washing. His, he was he, he was at home washing his hair. <laughs> For a club like Man United, like they've won the League Cup, and you know, potentially could win the Europa League. I. I don't know. I just don't think it's as clear-cut as people seem to think it is with, with this uh, Europa League. That Ajax side, you know... Uh, nobody, Dave, no, nobody thinks it's clear-cut. Fuck, United fans do. United fans think it's a walk in the park from the ones that I've been no. talking to. Uh, they're, they're very, very confident of it. And that is a very, very, very good attacking side from what I see from Ajax. I haven't seen a lot of them this season, arms in the air to that one. But certainly, given United's defensive frailties... I can I can see them being in trouble. Yeah, you've got to say. I mean, in defence of him, if and I can't believe I'm saying this, he's he is quite adept at winning trophies. He's good at that. He just knows how to do that. They've won the the league cup this season. I know it's not exactly something you know to to hang your hat on, but it's still a trophy, and he just seems to have a knack of being able to do that. So it wouldn't surprise me if they won. Even if it's, I mean, he couldn't care less in the manner that he does it. I mean, look at that Inter Milan side. You know, the, the way, the method that they used in order to get past some of the teams that got past. For him, it's it's the end result that counts, not not how you get there. It's purely that you lift the trophy and that's it. You're victorious. It doesn't matter if you've bored everyone to death 
or you've had to cheat or cut corners or do whatever you have to do. He couldn't care less about that. As long as you lift that trophy, that's that's the only thing that matters to him because you know, but, as we've seen man. through his career, though, it's it's a, it's. Him, he's a short-term manager, isn't he? He's there for two, three years, and then he moves on. It's he, all he's interested in is his personal glory. But Andy, isn't that a, look what you're saying there? That makes perfect sense to teams like Leicester, Portsmouth, Stoke. Where who gives a shit how he gets to the final? Who gives a crap? You're talking about arguably the richest, one of the richest clubs in the world, a club built on Alex Ferguson, who, as you, as Dave mentions, you know what? Hate Man United under Alex Ferguson, but boy God, they only played one way, and that was attacking football. So win, win with style. Has it now hit a point that Man United fans are, are they so deluded? You know, they're going against one grain to capture another. Going, oh yeah, well forget, you know, forget the Ferguson reign. We just need to be back. No, I, I honestly think if he does not win this Europa League and he continues in the vein that we've seen. This season, I don't think United fans are going to be behind him come Christmas. I think he he, he could be in trouble by Christmas. Um, you know, th- this trophy for him is now his holy grail. As, as you rightly pointed out earlier on in the season, he was rubbishing it. Now it's his only route into the Champions League. The fact that the, the fact that Fellaini is in that squad, like for, your man Fellaini, he's no more a Man United player. Not nothing that I've seen in my generation. <laughs> Um, I've seen anything like that in a United shirt, and, and I'm sure Fergie said something that up in the, the director's box was fucking head in his hands sometimes, because that's just that's that's brutal. You know, they had Roy Keane. Listen, Roy Keane was a foot, as much as I dislike him, you have to respect his ability as a football player. But you know, to, I've seen people. Oh, well, he's in the mould of Keane. You know, he's rough and red. Fuck off, he is. He's a, just he's a thug. That's what he is. Those fucking elbows, and like seriously, it, it, I don't know. You know. We went through this, Andy, with Liverpool, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's great whenever you're winning, but the, whenever you fall off that perch, to, 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 to coin his phrase, it's not nice. And you believe every year that you're going to get back onto it again, and we've been a long time believing that. And, you know, I just foresee problems. If United don't win this Europa League, there is so much, whether it be finances, whether it be Mourinho, whether it be whatever, there is so much riding on on it for them. You, can, you can't see them going out there being anything else but nervous in midweek coming. I, I, I don't know whether they'll be nervous, but yeah, there is a lot riding on them. And the parallels between where United are now and where Liverpool were early 90s that we, we can recall, we recognise the signs because, you know, dynasties are few and far between. And when they come to an end, you know, it, it's difficult to, to adjust and get your head around it. When, when you have you know, just being so used to success, you've lived and breathed it for for so many it's years. Given, that, right? I used to. Say, it, well, yeah, <laughs> it, it, that's the, that is how you feel. That if you don't win the league next this year, this season, you, you'd expect to probably win it next year. And, and with Ferguson in charge, you know, even if they went two seasons without winning it, you, you know, they'd win it the third one. You know, so that you know he oversaw an incredible dynasty. And it's going to be. It was always going to be difficult for whoever took over for that next stage because the the thing was you could actually see it. You know the cracks appearing before he he retired. That last season he had, you could. See, I mean, they scraped it. Really speaking, that was by their standards, by or by the standards of the teams that he had under his stewardship at, at United. That was that was a fairly poor Man United team, and you know you, you could see the cracks were there. 
it all was not well. You know, he what he what he'd done was he built this dynasty. He built a team. You know, there was all these young players that came through together, but then they were all retiring together, and other players had moved on. And it was always going to be difficult for whoever took over, not just to try and live up to what had happened previously, but that squad needed changing around as well. There was a lot of work there to be done. And then when you're constantly looking back at the successful sides that, you know, it's they'll be looking back, you know, thinking, well, it was only five years ago. Pretty soon it'll be, well, it was, you know, it was 10 years ago. We can still remember that. It's still in your conscious. And you'll still feel feel as though it's it's within touching distance. And it is, it's, um, we've experienced it as Liverpool fans. It's It's difficult and it's a disheartening feeling when the realisation sits in that you're, you're just like any other team now. You know, you, you've, you're just as far away as any other team was, and you're no longer that club that that just conquered everything. You don't have that anymore. Are you and are you basing it on the fact that the fact that they're in the Europa League. No, they haven't qualified on no. merit out of the league. They've qualified for the the Champions League one in the last four seasons. That's warning. That's warning bells, red lights for me, Gav. Yeah, uh, yeah, but at the same time, Dave, look. A lot. I like to think of myself as a football historian. Okay, I'm not. Nobody knows who we are, but I love the history. Pipe and slippers and rocking chair type of historian. No weeds and earning a beer and <laughs> night, night runners. But no, I'm, I'm deadly serious when it comes to the history of football. The Europa League. I don't. I don't like the the, the name Europa League. It's the UEFA Cup. Yep. It's always been the UEFA Cup. Yep. To me, I still look at it. It's still the UEFA Cup. And then you have this prick putting it down because it doesn't sue him. It doesn't sue him to go off and try and win a competition that Maradona won. Maradona didn't win the Champions League. I find it highly insulting to the cup. I don't give a shit about UEFA. It's the cup. It's the trophy that's attached to it. I can't understand why the man cannot put together this tactical noose that he seems to think he's a master of and go out and be arrogant in the arrogance he has, go, we're going to win this. Instead of brushing it off, it's going, oh shit, we are in this. But hey, don't worry, we're going to win it just to get into the Champions League. It, it drives me. I don't think I've heard any other manager ever put such a competition down. And for me, Mourinho can go and piss off. I hope to God the youngest team, sorry, the best youngest team in world football, which is Ajax. I, I, I think the last stat was Everyone on that pitch was under the age of 21. That's insanity. Against the big boys of Man United, I hope they do it. Just to see what his response will be. Who's he going to blame? I guarantee he'll blame Luke Shaw. Well, he'll be a Burger King anyway. He'll not worry too much. Who else was it in his defence? Is it uh, Luke Shaw, uh, Chris Smalling, uh, Jones as well, wasn't it? Yeah, or because they're, they're all injured. Haven't I got them because they're injured? Well, listen, let's move on to, to, to another manager who uh, sort of has, has found a new reality today in the form of Arsene Wenger. And I, I got some audio through there a short time ago of his press conference, and he seems rather heated in and around his, his position there. And he's very guarded about his position and whether he'll be there next season and so on. Um, at, at the moment, there's, a, there's an attempt to buy Kroenke out by uh, this guy, the Russian guy Umarov, um, for $1.5 at Arsenal. Now, given the fact that this is the first time, I think, in, in 20-odd years that haven't made the Champions League uh, or not made the top four, 
What what do you think that this means to Arsenal? I obviously, you know, I, I don't think whether they got the top four or not. Alexis Sanchez would have been sticking around, and maybe Ozil as well, Andy. But this this is a new a new period for Arsenal. But you know, they they might a year in the Europa League might not do them much harm, and certainly if they have this investment from the Russians coming in. They could be a force to be reckoned with, and and this could maybe have just come at the perfect time for them. I don't know. I've seen something today that um, someone had put out saying that Arsenal fans had demanded change, so Arsene Wenger gave them the Europa League. (laughs) 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 That's change, isn't it? Well, I, um, I don't think it's a change they're essentially <laughs> looking for. But, but, you know, I see your point. It can't be argued with. It's definitive. Look, I, I've, I mean, look, I've, I've said many, many times, look, I've got huge amounts of respect for Arsene Wenger over the years uh, as a coach. Uh, and for me, for what he did to, to English football, I, you know, I thought he was a, a great influence when he came in. And for 10 years, I thought he was outstanding. Seriously, Andy. Seriously, yeah. Andy. Yeah. 20... That happened nearly fucking. Is it, what are we looking at? Yeah, that's well what I said. Over t- well I agree over with ten Andy. years though. Totally. Yeah, totally for, for his first ten years. His first ten no, years no, no, were no, fantastic. Yeah, well, 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 yeah, but it was last ten years. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to get to. Yeah, his first ten years have been fantastic, but he's he's you know the, the second half of that uh, double decade. Yeah, it's it's been slowly sinking away and eating away, and you know he came in and he was different. He was a breath of fresh air. Everybody else cottoned on, caught on, and caught him up. And since then, they've all moved, moved beyond him. And, and I feel like he's kind of stood still for years and years and years. And if you stand still, you're going backwards. And that's what, to me, Arsenal have been doing slowly but surely over the last decade is they've been going backwards. And, I mean, he's he still delivered Champions League football every year up until this one, which, which in itself, you know, it is, it's an achievement. Even when you look at the way that they've tried to try to balance the books and, for and so many years, seventy-five points and missed out in Champions League as well. I think that, yeah. that should yeah. be noted as well. No, yeah, you know he's 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 still done uh, you know a hell of a job over his time there. You, you balance the the good with the bad. Overall, you know it's a hell of a it is a hell of a job that he's done there, and he's still managed to bring in some. Cracking players. I mean, Sanchez is just phenomenal football. He really is. Uh, but th- there's a guy who looks like he's been on a mission, you know, on a personal mission to go out on a high. Sadly, can't see him being there next on, season. On the same page no, as him. no. And th- there was that telling moment, wasn't there, in in the match against Bayern Munich, where he's going and closing down, and then he realizes he's the only one looking to try and close them down high up the pitch, and he turns around and just berates teammates for all for standing there. Things have been falling apart for some time, and it's it, it's kind of sad to see, you know, someone who's done so much good for a club and for the game of football to, you know, really sort of outlive his time. He, he probably should have just gone a couple, you know, two three years back when he'd won he'd won the trophy. Right, that's it. Go out on a high. It's time for things to move along. It's kind of sad in a way, you know, to to see such a respected coach on his way down. It's. I won't go so far, quite so far as to say it was reminiscent of Nigel of uh, Brian Clough, but towards the end of Brian Clough's time at, at Forest, you know, you could see things were getting worse and worse and worse. And, and his last season, well. if you remember, yeah, yeah. But I mean, obviously, there was other things going on there with Clough. That and his last season, you know, Forest actually got relegated, and I certainly don't expect that from Arsenal. But if he stays and 
and they don't get off to a good start next season, I think that will be, you know, increasingly, increasingly toxic, that atmosphere. And it could be, you know, get to a, a situation come sort of November, December time where the board are forced into acting. And, and that really will be a shame, I think. Yeah, lads, do you want to know the best tweet of the day? You're going to tell us. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Go on, tell us. Bayern Munich, English edition, had tweeted, no, we are not watching the Arsenal match today. <laughs> <laughs> well, from what, I, from what I'm led to believe, uh, Sanchez could well end up there um, at Bayern in the summer. And, and you know, I think I think from my point of view, the, the problems for Arsenal and, and and for Wenger, and you know, I I echo what you say, Andy, a hundred percent. I I don't, don't want to see Wenger. I think he he should be treated with respect um, when he goes. But I think that time is is, is maybe now. Um, even as a neutral, you know what I mean. I just don't want to see the the man end up being sacked. Uh, and what what you said there is right. If if that's a bad start to the season, and given the fact that. You know, Arsenal are, but Arsenal they, are, they, Dave, you're a Liverpool supporter. You're, you're basing your opinions as a Liverpool supporter on an Arsenal manager. Eh, well, fair enough. I, I appreciate. Like, I didn't like Brendan Rodgers very much. I wanted rid of him. So I can empathise with the ones who want rid of rid of Wenger. But there's a big difference. Roy Hodgson as well. I wanted rid of terribly, desperately wanted rid of. But they did fuck all for us. I think the thing about it is, you know, when Kenny Dalglish was removed, um, I was I was gutted by it. But in the end. You know, as the time went on, you realised it was the it was the right move, even though it was done the wrong way. But you know, I, th- I think for Wenger's sake now, he he would be better away from it, and, and maybe you know, there is going to have to be a rebuild there. There is going to have to be a rethink. You know, as as I mentioned, there there's the potential. Now with Wenger, you know, there's a potential of a takeover there. So a new broom sweeping clean everything, and maybe a, a fresh start for Arsenal would be the best way forward. Mm. Yeah, it's who who could they get in? That's the thing. Because I feel like they kind of Thomas missed the Tuchel's bus. Thomas the fucking man, apparently. Uh, I'd, I, I, look, I've, said, I've said before, I think Tuchel would jump at the opportunity to come to the Premier League because exactly. I think that's something he'd like to do. But I don't right. think he would. Yeah, I don't think he would be the right move at all. I really don't. I've uh, been underwhelmed, shall we say, with him uh, at Dortmund. Well, I think Dortmund well overwhelmed with them as well. Apparently, the relationship there isn't isn't so good at the moment. From from, from what I've been listening to, uh, but again, you know, who who knows what managers are going to move about and what way it's going to move. But listen, we'll not linger on Arsenal too long. We'll we'll, we'll go to the champions, Chelsea, <laughs> deserved champions. You can, can't can't even argue with it. They're a club I don't like. I love their manager though, Andy. Conte is a class act. Oh, he's fantastic, isn't he? You you can't help but like him as well. His his passion, his energy, the way he handles himself. Yeah, very. Helpful. Yeah, he's yeah. He, he's not someone who kind of, is kind of in keeping with um, the way Chelsea have generally conducted themselves over the last sort of ten fifteen years. But no, they they've got an absolute diamond there. Fantastic manager, great coach, great tactician, a fantastic. I mean, you look apart from anything else, you you look. The majority of that squad, yes, you know they've been there, they've seen it, they've done it, they know how to do it. Experienced players, experience of winning, they've got some excellent players there. But he's just won the league with David Luiz and and uh, Gary Cahill in central defence as part of his back three, and his wing backs of Marcus Alonso and uh, <laughs> the other Victor Moses, Victor Moses, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Now, and you look at that; it's all about what he's got, you know, going on and around them. 
and 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 not only that, I've got to say the how how Chelsea seemed to fall apart in a couple of games where Alonso didn't play, and you realise just how important then wing back the uh, the wing backs were to that system, and yeah, they didn't have a you know too many games. He didn't have to shuffle his pack too often. And they didn't suffer too much with injuries, but he's still done a terrific job there. Absolutely fantastic manager, and it'll be interesting to see how they cope with the demands next season of Champions League as well as Premier League again. Ah, are you seriously going to go to Inter Milan at the moment? It's a it's a mess, isn't it? Well, if he went, he'd only go for the money. Apparently, they're going to make him the, the richest or the, the highest paid manager in the world. Gav, you, what? Do you like because he's a pauper at Chelsea. Well, I'm sure he's not, but again, it's a wage rise. But I think he, Conte's the type of guy who sees it as a project. He'll he'll want to be in that Champions League with Chelsea next year. It's the next step in, in progression for him there. Um, and, and to be honest with you, I think going into it, we don't know what Guardiola is going to do. I'm sure he's going to make the adjustments. He he needs to be a lot better next season. You know, looking at the four going into the Champions League, you would have to look at Chelsea as being the strongest contender. You know that they're going to. You know that Chelsea are going to. Um, you know, consolidate in the right areas, buy the right players. They're, they're going to be. They're going to be have strength and depth next season to cope with it. This season was an anomaly for them. They didn't need depth. It's just reverting back to the norm for me. And I think Conte's Conte will uh, do what he needs to do over the summer. He didn't do a lot last summer. But I expect a big summer from him coming up. But in fairness, Dave, he wasn't in Europe this this season, so it was very easy to assume that this Chelsea side, based on the players he had in the Premier League, yeah, they did walk it. Could they have walked it if they had been fighting on both fronts? Debatable. Not, not with the squad they had, no, but that's what I'm saying. He, he, you know, he, he was very conservative in, in his purchases over the summer. I don't, I don't see that happening this summer. There'll, there'll need to be strength and depth brought in there in order to fight on those two fronts, Gav. And can we just have a little dig at Manchester City because I'm a Pep fan. I think Pep but is... But shit. He came to England and did nothing. Shit. Excuse shit. me. Hold, hold on. Hold on a second. <laughs> can you can let me finish? He did come out recently in an interview and stay, and I thought this was absolutely brilliant, befitting of the man, where he clearly stated that if he was at a bigger club than Manchester City, he would have been sacked based on results. Say that word. If I was at a bigger club than Manchester City, I would have been sacked. And there you have Man City's board with their billions listening to this, basically going, do we sack him? No, he's right. He's actually right. We aren't a big club. So for me, Pep has basically told the rest of the Premier League, Manchester City aren't a big club. He's a clever guy. He's that's, a clever guy, isn't he? Deflection. That's not how I say deflection. I honestly believe that's the truth. He's basically shot down the whole Manchester City craze. He's basically told the fans, cop the fuck on. Well, He's aren't a big club. What, what, what's his motive there? To make them into a big club? Is is this what he what he what what he's? Available? I don't he I I don't I don't think he's he he's the man to turn him into a big club. I think he is the man to turn him into a club who can achieve things. They're not a big club. Who are you compared to Chelsea, Man United, Arsenal? They're not. They're nowhere near that stature. They're still based around young fans. Yeah, I, I think I think it's I think it's quite smart 
it's yeah, it's it almost is. quelling the expectations. You know, like yeah. you know, forget about talking about us as potential winners of the Champions League in the next couple of seasons. Let's basically, yeah, it's it's like let's just let's you know, wake the fuck up. Forget, yeah, say, exactly. You know all this. Yeah. And, and it'd be it, like it'd be like us with a European pedigree saying, "Oh, we're back in the Champions League. We can win it next year." And can we fuck? You're we're lucky to get out Champions of the group. League. Well, you know yeah. what I mean. We're lucky to get out of the playoffs. Group. Yeah, how long? You haven't have made the playoffs. No. <laughs> oh, see these fucking delusions. <laughs> Jeez. I, I say, look, look at the look at the way that that Manchester City finished the season. I think once you started to get a hold of that squad and start to get more of an influence, that they became quite a proposition. Uh, and the, the, some of their attacking football towards the end of the season was absolutely sublime. Um, if, if I was going to put money on a team to win it next season, I, I'd probably be putting it on them. Mm, wouldn't uh, it be safe enough money? But listen here, let, let's flit across to Spain. Let's break that mm-hmm. hard. Are, are we going to no, congr- you're breaking my head. Are we going to congratulate Zidane and Real Madrid for, for their ex- outstanding achievement and making Barcelona second again? Well, you know, I'm going to con- congratulate Real Madrid's. Is it an outstanding achievement? No, it's not an outstanding achievement. I have to say, throughout Europe and the world, it's arguably the only top league that's gone down to the very, very last day of the season. Real Madrid win the league with three points. One game difference. Is that down to Zidane or Barcelona? For me, it's down to What was the Zidane. gap from second P- to third? Twelve. bit like Premier League. Yeah. But I have to say, it's it's... It's been Z- Zidane's Madrid. They're not vintage. They're not incredibly pleasing to watch. They're just so fucking dominate. The way they play, it's just, you can't beat them. And here's, here's a lovely little stat they only copped. Andy, AC Milan in the 90s, the 80, 80s, 90s, who retained the Champions League trophy. Arigio Sassi, one of the greatest managers of yeah. all time. Yeah, Rijkaard. Yeah. Bullet, Van Boston. Real Madrid had the opportunity to match that. Guess what? So has Zidane. Zidane yeah. will match Sachi. Does he deserve it? If he does, if <laughs> no, 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 no. There's the question. We we all remember Sachi's AC Milan, an absolutely extraordinary club football team. For me, if there was ever a team to match it, beat it, exceed it, it was Pep's Barcelona. It just didn't happen. Does Zidane's Madrid deserve to match it? But then again, you've got they're coming up against Juventus. No, no, but uh, that's not. No, yeah. like, there's the, but there's, Prob- and, and but there's, as well. But there's the question, Chief. Yeah. Does Zidane deserve to match Sachi in that regard? Well, th- this is part of the thing. Is you know the team that they're coming up against are such a a well-oiled machine and such a well-drilled defense that if they beat them, then arguably, yeah, he does deserve it. <laughs> To overcome that, that's a real test, but, isn't it? And as you say, you're not ta- you're talking about very, very good players. You're not talking Galacticos like uh, you see it. Madrid, no, you're not. You're not. But, ta- but this is a team. Talking- this is a team, yeah. team, team. But it's a team that you cannot. In twenty years' time, you, you'll never look back and be asked, "Well, who played for you?" You'd be scratching your head, going, mm, "I can't remember." But if you asked yourself or Andy to mention some of the players that were in, you know, Sachi's AC Milan team, you'd spit them out because they're memorable. But history in 20, 30 years' time will uh, will potentially show that this Real Madrid matched that AC Milan team. And, Just and like Messi must have Zidane. That'll still go down in oh, history. See this, <laughs> see this, see this I'm trying to be serious. But you want to bring that up? Dave, 
He missed a penalty. Did he score arguably one of the goals of the season? He did indeed, but he missed a penalty. Yeah, but he scored <laughs> one of the goals of the season. But I mean, look at the, back to Madrid. Now, let's be in fairness, back to Madrid. It's a strange season that, you know, they deserve it based on consistency. Obviously, they won the league. But my, my pay is, how are they going to go into this Champions League? Do they deserve it? If they do win it, will they be heralded rightly so as double winners? Do they deserve to be in the annals of history as, you know, this great, great footballing team who've matched Enrique Osachi's memorable team? For me, no, but they will. And that's kind of weird. That's modern football, football. Gav, can I ask you one thing? Yeah. What, what's going on with Atletico and Simeone this season then? Is that something that's coming to an end, Simeone? No, Atletico, he's, or... staying. he's staying. Well, what, what's what's happening there? Because they, they really seem to have dropped off this year. They haven't dropped off in the last, we say, 30 games of the season. They haven't dropped off. It was the first few games of the season where Simeone tried something different based on the type of players he had. He didn't have the nasty bastards up front that he did in previous seasons. He was missing that nasty bastard approach in midfield space with Thiago and Gabi not being the partnership. So he tried something different at the start. It didn't work out. It backfired on him. But he quickly swapped it around. But it was done too late. They finished tort. They finished 12 points behind Barcelona, 15 points behind Real Madrid. And rightly so. Even though they're 15 points behind Real Madrid... They're not 15 points behind Real Madrid, if that makes sense to you. It was just the start of... than Real Madrid. Yeah, it, it, you know, in terms of quality, in terms of the way they play, it, you know, it's just the way the start of the season panned out. He will be there next season, based on reputable sources. FIFA have a ban in place that is expected to be lifted, and Lacassette from Leon is going to Atleti, and Griezmann isn't leaving. So put two and two together. That's some fucking partnership up front. It is. But sure, Griezmann's going to United. Yeah, so is Bale, so is Mbappe, so is Neymar, so is Messi, yeah. so is fucking half the bleeding half of Europe is going there in a seven and a half billion to play, fucking to play wing back. <laughs> to play wing back for Jose. Ah <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know. Well listen, we'll move in we'll move into this Champions League. Uh, Andy, I, I I know you're a Juventus admirer and in this tournament I have been and for me I would love to see Juventus do I think they've got the tools to do it I think they're they're the team that could most frustrate the machine that is Real Madrid and you know they can keep them at bay and they have the firepower certainly with Ibala and so on to to cause them massive massive problems because if there's one chink in the armour it seems to be in all the big teams at the moment there's just not good defenders out there and if Juventus have that advantage of actually having the best defence in world football at the minute. That they could just turn up a shock here. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not just you know the quality of the footballers or, or the or the sheer quality of them. You know, the, the combined unit as as a, as an actual team, but something about that whole thing. With, you know, the Buffon's never won the Champions League, and you know, such a phenomenal player throughout his career. And such a class act as well that it just seems, uh, you know, it it, it seems wrong that a guy, yeah, it it should be written in the stars. Yeah, it just seems wrong that such a class act 
could finish his career without winning that championship, especially when you think of the teams that he's been part of over the years. So you, you kind of hope for it on that side of it. But yeah, I, I think they, for me that they deserve it. The, they're the best team that I've seen in the, the Champions League this season and not necessarily individually or the attacking play, but they just, the way that they look as a cohesive unit, as a team, and they were phenomenal at times. You know, you know, watching them, the way that they defend, it just, it's just so impressive. They, they shut teams out. Just, I, I don't think I've seen anyone nullify Barcelona in the way that they did. So, so impressive. And, and it wasn't even cutting corners and being nasty or anything like that. They were just damn good. Absolutely brilliant team. And and even <laughs> even Higuain scoring in a big game. So, you know what they say about former players going back to haunt their own clubs. You know, that, that could be another one that's written in the stars that Higuain scores the winner against Real Madrid. So, I, I'm, I am hoping that they do it. And and I do quietly fancy them to do it as well, because yeah, there's just something about how how organised and how clever they are that uh, they've they've got to start exposing that space that the likes of Marcelo leaves behind. You know, that he's a guy that goes forward and completely forgets that there's also a defensive side of the game. So I, I fancy them to kind of pick holes in in the the very few weaknesses that uh, Real Madrid do possess. So it's. Um, you wouldn't be surprised if Madrid do it. You know, obviously the, the talent that they've got within their side, but um, yeah, I can I can certainly see Juve just being too smart for them and just having that little bit too much. Gav, you know, um, Andy points out there, Gigi Buffon, and like your eleven piece of me pod. Is is there anybody you've had on who hasn't complained that they can't have him in the team because <laughs> because he's not retired? And you know, I, I, for that reason as well, I'd love to see them win it. But you know, I know you'll be on the Juventus side here. You'll you'll want to see them win. I know you're a massive Dybala fan. So only yesterday, I seen a tweet from Buffon who spoke in English to thank Philip Lam. And I have to say, in 20 years of watching Buffon, I never even assumed he could speak English. And I have to admit, I swooned. I got weak. The man is extraordinarily looking. And if I had to, if I had to, I turn just for Buffon. Oh, but. I thought it was Ali oh. was your uh, <laughs> was your nemesis in that department. Have you seen Ali? <laughs> I have, yes, but I've seen you. I know who's getting the rougher deal. <laughs> no, but to be fair, you mentioned there um, who can stop the the machine that is Madrid. I think the machine is actually Juventus. It's up to Madrid to stop Juventus. And I think Madrid, based on the players, based on the way they play, based on... Zidane's stubborn tactics you know it's you, you can't call it it's impossible to call you're talking about two teams going into it and it's just an absolute smash and grab in my opinion you've arguably three of the greatest defenders of the modern era in the BBC Benucci Chiellini and Barzaghi I mean the three of them have just been the forgotten heroes in a time where you have to lose to Neymar Messi Ronaldo and all them boys they're just forgotten heroes It'll come down to how they Neymar? play. Who? Exactly. Who? No, will he? Ne- Neymar. No, Neymar. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It's banned from no, the podcast. Look, <laughs> no, look, 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 let's be fair. If, if you're going to have Ronaldo, you're going to have arguably, you make sure he cuts his out there because I'm trying to think. 
What's that prick's name that plays for fucking Real Madrid, the French fella? He's like, tip me, Benzema. Benzema. Yeah, you've got Ronaldo, Benzema. Gonna have Isco up against Barzaghi, Benucci, and Chiellini. It comes down to whoever makes a mistake. And for me, being a La Liga supporter, obviously I'm not a Real Madrid fan. I don't want them to do well, but I'm a La Liga supporter. I can't call this. I really cannot call this match. Either way, whoever wins it deserves but, it. But your heart, sounds... your heart wants Juve. Yeah, my heart wants Juve, but my head says Madrid's for the simple fact that it's, you have to look the way Madrid have played. They're just they're formidable. There's no other word for them. They're just formidable. They're not great to watch. They're not even... You can't pinpoint anything that's wrong with them. But at the same time, you can't pinpoint anything that's brilliant about them. They're just Madrid. They typify the club. And will it be a shock if they win? Absolutely not. Will it be disastrous if you lose it? No. It's it's going to be one of those finals that's it's going to be really, really tasty to watch. But as Andy says, we all love Buffon. Does he deserve it? If, if you had to give it a merit, yeah, give it to Buffon. No, I can't argue with that. And, and, you know, we'll move on to another league. And, you know, I actually feel sorry for Celtic supporters today because... You know, their manager won a league. Are you really going to go on to the fucking Scottish League? Oh, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention um, the achievement there. Comes second only to the championship playoff final winning for, for Brendan Rodgers. But he, he's he's won uh, the Scottish League with uh, something like 1.3 billion points, Andy. He, he's the king of the world. Well, they are absolutely outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Like, such, such, a, such a points, to, such a points haul in a one-team league. Nobody ever saw that coming. <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's. I mean, the only thing you, you you were half expecting was him to start talking himself up in January and them choke the league in in March. But even even he couldn't manage to do that. <laughs> his, bullshit. Like, yeah. <laughs> his bullshit doesn't yeah. have any effect yeah. on such yeah. a one-team league. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's. He, he um he's he's look. There's no two ways about it. Whatever personal feelings we have, uh, you know, elements of his tenure at our club, he he's done a good job with them. I, I know it's anyone who goes there at the moment that the Scottish football is is not in the best place. That you got to Celtic, you're going to win the league until you know maybe give it a few years if Rangers can build themselves back up again. And Aberdeen have actually you know. Yeah,ばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばばば
Andy, come on, look. Leipzig, second in the Bundesliga, ahead of Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Name a club in Europe that's done better than that. You can't. Newly promoted as well. Yeah. Extraordinary. You, you could, <laughs> you could uh, stretch it and say Hoffenheim, who came fourth, who went from relegation threatened with nothing, with a relegation team. Yeah, but they, they don't they don't have the um, the resources and and the backing that Leipzig that do. But you say almost equally. I mean, both of them they're both incredible t- stories, and it is it it is unbelievable. It really is, and you know, there's a whole thing to sort out, isn't there, with the with uh, UEFA for um, for Leipzig to go into the Champions League next season because um, the other team that they have in Austria have also qualified. So Salzburg, yeah, Jeez, yeah they, so. can't, they can't play each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, they can't. They can't have uh, any if any corporation, whatever company, has a controlling interest in more than one team. They can't be in the same competition. But so, I think isn't it different than Germany where? RB Leipzig, it's still fifth. It's still the majority is Leipzig. No, 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 no. They've, they've really, they're, yeah. They're, there are some clubs that don't, that are outside of the fifty plus one for whatever reason. I don't know enough about it. I'll be honest, but I know that there are. I think there's two or three by by Leverkusen, I believe, or another. So there are little anomalies here and there. Well, but I think the thing that is, has I think to do with took... the longevity of ownership. I think like so Bayern Leverkusen because they've the... been owned by by Bayern. Yeah, so that's just it. Yeah, there are some anomalies in there for whatever reason. I, I I'll be honest, I don't know enough about it to to really dig into that. But it, it has been an incredible story, and not just for you know a small club from seemingly nowhere got promoted and they've gone through what was like some like seven promotions in nine years or five in seven, whatever. I can't remember off the top of my head, but. The type of football that they played, uh, I mean, and that, and uh, and Ali, oh sorry, no Gav, isn't it? Call me Gav. <laughs> <laughs> call him Knacker. Everybody else does. <laughs> nah. So you, you know you've seen them enough times through the through this season, haven't you? Uh, they have been exciting to watch, haven't they? It's, it's been ridiculous how good they are to John watch. John Hartson said they were shit. <laughs> <laughs> now what? I think. Leipzig and Eibar for me are the two teams in Europe that have come together and decided on match day one, this is how we're going to play. We're not going to play yeah. any differently. Well, and well, regardless what the fuck anyone else says, this is how we will play. If we win, great. If we lose, whatever. If we draw, nah. And from day one, they've just done it. Now, Eibar tonight went 2-0 ahead of fucking... Oh, sorry, 2-1 ahead of Barcelona. And... I guarantee you there wasn't a Barcelona fan in the world watching them going, oh, you bastards. We were, personally, I was watching them going, I'm not even annoyed. This is extraordinary. The same has to be said for Leipzig fans. It's As you said, Andy, it's, it's not like this super club have just appeared and they're buying up everybody. They haven't bought up everybody. They've just been so smart in their purchases that yeah. the, team, the team they put together... It's not, it's not an extraordinary team. It's it's a good team, and if you want to use if you if you want to take the word good and simplify it into a fraction, they're eight out of ten every single fucking game, every single game from the start to the finish. I I've seen about seven or eight games in this season, and 
Okay, watch them there last week against Bayern Munchen. Um, they lost four five. Who gives a shit? They just got beaten by Bayern Munchen. This is a this is a team that came up, and they were only what three minutes what away. Was the from only that's the proper pronunciation for Bayern Munich, my man. I'm sure. Bayern Munchen. I don't with my German connections. I don't <laughs> No, Andy is a Andy is a German connection. Am I right, Andy? Bayern München. Thank you, Andy. <laughs> Apologize, Dave. For what? I never said a word. Anyway, we're going to move on to league. Uh... Yeah, it, well, just one on there. You know, you're talking about like Leipzig and Ibo. It's no, I mentioned Hoffenheim, and I, I think 20, what they've he's done. Twenty nine, but yeah, yeah he's twenty nine. I, th- I, do, I honestly, I think that is incredible. You know, they finished fourth, they're into the, the Champions League qualifiers. That is an incredible job that he's done with that team because that is the team that almost got relegated. You know, the, the, there's no significant changes there. That is, that, that's the effect of, of a really good young coach and a club going, yeah, go for it. You know, putting, putting their trust in someone young. I, I, I think that's just, an incredible, incredible story. And he only uh, lost, other than Bayern Munich, they've only lost four times this season. The only other team to lose less was Bayern Munich. Yeah, and I think there's something telling about that in that it, it, this isn't just, you know, a one-off and he's come in and he's, you know, he's rattled a few cages and he's got everyone energised and, and it's all about, you know, motivation. This That suggests this guy is tactically really, really clever and he knows how to how to set a team up to be and difficult has, to beat, and, players, and that is what he's done. Though. No, that that's you know that that's a big thing though. He he knows how to set that team up, and he knows how to make them difficult to beat. And that is a pretty average team. Let let's be honest, that's a pretty average team that he's got to fourth over some other clubs who have got significantly more money to spend. So I think he's done an incredible job, uh, and that's a guy who you. You wouldn't be surprised to be seen uh, trotting up at one of the uh, maybe Dortmund or a Bayern even over the next few years. They could play Liverpool in the playoffs. That that is a real possibility. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I, I, if, if Leipzig get into the, I wouldn't want to be in the group with Leipzig either. I'll tell you that much for nothing. What's this wee business, Dave? You still have to go through the playoffs. Yes, I know, Gavin. But having the luxury of being in the playoffs is good enough for me. Yeah, I, having, I, yeah, yeah. Playoffs, playoffs. Let's not talk about group stages, Dave. You're still in the playoffs. Oh, be quiet. You just, you just. Anyway, anyway, I'm taking over this pod. Andy, I'm going to come to you. No, Andy, I'm going to come to you. Lee Gunn. Monaco won. Who cares about them Frenchies? Whatever happened to PSG? <laughs> I'm going full Merson here. Like, they're foreigners. Leave them alone. <laughs> What does he know about the French league? Do, do they have someone on on the, on the French soccer Saturday? But seriously, what even does they... he know about the French league? <laughs> seriously, what does he know? Fucking hello, hello. They come over here, eating our frogs, stealing our jobs. To, to, to apologise for taking off from Dave, but Dave, honestly, I think we should talk about league on. Only far to for speak Monaco. about Monaco. Yeah, I know. Because I think, for me, watching this season, they've just, you have this team that makes you open your eyes and go, what the fuck am I watching? You're looking at kids and a mixture. Of, it's just, that's the word. But do you not feel, Gavin, awesome. get stripped bare this summer? Oh, they will. Like, the they Hawks will, but who cares? 
I know they've been a joy to watch, but you would like to see how far that team could go because they're a young team. And I think that's what pisses me off so much about this fucking money ball at the minute. That I would love to see them have another full season together just to see what they could achieve. They reached the, the semi-finals of the Champions League. What's to say if they were if they were able to be kept together? And there's no shortage of money at Monaco. And and for no, reason, but there's no fans though. That the you know, yeah. But you you said yourself. Look, we I've watched Monaco. Monaco made me smile, and I mean that they make me smile. I love teams that just fucking go all out. Yeah, they're going to be stripped. But I've seen an absolute incredible tweet where one lad said, you know what, Monaco are going to lose their team, so are Ajax. But guess where Ajax's team are going? To Monaco. Let's well, Monaco will probably have about €200 million Euros to spend, won't they? <laughs> well, according to Man United. Yeah, after the bank. Two and a half billion. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me, I think Monaco being the best team in Europe this season. Okay, they, they didn't get where the pinnacle with being the Champions League, but, you know, match for match, some of the games, Mbappe, Bruno, the likes of Bernardo Silva, I mean, they've just been absolutely extraordinary to watch. For the team that, at the start of the season, who would have even fucking blinked at Monaco? Who, who if somebody said you watch Monaco this season, you'd have laughed. Halfway through it, you can't take your eyes off. No, and, and it took me to the last sixteen for to, for them to come to my attention, Gav. And and I'm so sorry it took that long, because they were. I I can't disagree with any of your assessment of them. It's absolutely spot on. They were an absolute absolute joy to watch. Shit, I'm hosting this, Andy. What do you say? <laughs> well, I have I have seen who Monaco are going to replace uh, Mbappe with. Who's that? Storage. The one and only. Troy Deeney. Oh, it's, look, what a move. No I mean, finer man. Monaco just, they're just kind of fucking, they're going to smash it next season. <laughs> the legend of Troy. Can you just see Troy getting his hands on the uh, old big ears there, you know? Wow. What a, what a sight. What a time to be alive. Well, Andy, wait, Jardim, where's he going to go? He's not, he's, he ain't with Monaco next season. Somebody's got to swallow him up. Ah, oh, it's, it's, no idea. It's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be something like, you know, the next the next sale the next sale on Boxing Day morning, you know, where you got sad people camping out, uh, and and then scrapping and fighting over, uh, you know, plasma TVs and things like that. It it's going to be I th- I think it's going to be a bit of a turkey shoot, you know, and Monaco are going to be smart and and just it's going to be the highest bidder. Maybe, Here, maybe. I'll put another way to you, Andy. Do you, how many of them do you foresee? being of interest to English clubs because you are looking at the likes of Arsenal who are going to sell Sanchez for big money, no doubt. United will have a huge budget. Pep will have a huge budget. Uh, Liverpool have a huge budget, we're led to believe. Man United will spend a billion. So, you know, surely those billion? guys are going... <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. You know <laughs> Two and a half billion. <laughs> you know, you well, I mean? apparently, I mean, apparently Bakayoko is, is, is the one that's really interested in uh, Chelsea. Uh, there's Mendes and the left back. He's he's been attracting, and obviously Mbappe. But it's going to be the highest bidder. But maybe who knows? Maybe Monaco, if they get enough for one or two, will be able to sort of hold off the overtures of others. It's but you you do kind of see it. It's like you said though, isn't it? That, you know the vultures. Whenever a surprise team sort of you know comes onto the scene, 
with all these young players and, and they just seemingly come from nowhere. It, it doesn't take long for the vultures to circle and, and start sort of picking a team to shreds. But and Andy, ha- Andy, have they come from nowhere? Because last season they were bleeding these players in at a time where they were competing with PSG. Obviously, watching league on, they weren't going to win it, but they were bleeding them in. Following yeah, but- season, they've done what they've done. The reason I say it is. When we look at Premier League clubs with our fucking hundreds of millions, what is the fucking issue with taking a youngster, putting them in a, you know, what is the issue? What are you afraid of? Why blow millions of quid? But is it? Is a fucking failure? When you look yeah, at Monaco, who done nothing but invested in that absolute youth and go, here, go on, fuck it, give it a go. Yeah, well, they went. Are you afraid? They went for it, didn't they? They they spent big years a, a few years back, yeah, uh, and then and then nearly went under. Yeah, yeah. Th- then they were in trouble. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. No, that was that was his divorce. He got so, he was getting divorced. So <laughs> that, he had to cut back. And that's the yeah. true story. He was getting divorced. He had to cut back. So he yeah. introduced this youth and went, you know what? Say save me marriage. <laughs> well. Yeah, they've obviously they've they've took a different avenue, and Leipzig are along that. I know they're not popular within Germany within the traditional fans, but their model is going out there scouting, get young players in, get exciting fresh talent, and they might have to, they might pay a little bit more than some of the other clubs do, but they bring in the young players, they bleed them in, and they have a young, exciting team with lots of energy, and they'll attack you. And no, it's it's a similar kind of philosophy, isn't it? But does the EPL have scouts? Or are they just paid twats? <laughs> Obviously, some have some have better scouts than others. I mean, look at Southampton. Who? Yeah, look, at, he... look at Southampton. You know, they're, they're, they're going around, they'll Very pick bad. up. Look at that. Sadio Mane, they picked him up from Austria for, but, but for, for but a small time. Southampton still, still inherits more money than fucking Monaco on yeah. the TV revenue. Yeah, but um, what I'm saying is, is look at Southampton there. Their business model is is go out, good scouting, get some good players in at a good price, and you'll sell them on a, 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 at a profit and make money. And that's they're growing their club along that way. Leicester won the league, you know, doing with smart scouting. So there is good scouts about, but too often I think the the attitude is kind of. You know, Monaco didn't exist until the the knockout stages of the Champions League this season because until they're making headlines, nobody really knows much about them. And That's my point, Andy. And it took to the, the last sixteen yeah. before I even knew that the, you know that they were they were playing like that. Yeah, uh, well, that's it. Unless you've got an in, an interest in that league, you're not necessarily going to know too much about them. But yeah, I mean, I take your point, Gav. It's you know the, the professional clubs. It's it should be their business to know, not just you know these players up and coming at at, at Monaco that they've signed, but you know where they signing them from. How are they spotting them before anybody else? And and that's that is the thing, isn't it? It, it? it can't be it can't be this thing where it's like you know a hidden fucking treasure. I mean, you got Mbappe. He came from nowhere. This kid, he's gone to Monaco. You look at the Premier League with that fucking 1.5 billion quid a year injected, yet nobody has the brains brains to actually spot a kid like this and go, you know what, he's not too bad. Yeah. Then again, sometimes sometimes 
people come from seemingly nowhere. You know, they, they just need some games under the belt and they just suddenly, or they need confidence or but something like clicks. English. Yeah, but it doesn't always have to be the case. I mean, you go back, look at Drogba. You know, he, he came across and he was, what, he was late 20s by the time he came across. He'd done nothing of note until that last season that, you know, he banged goals in. It just suddenly clicked for him. So sometimes it's, you know, Mbappe's a kid. So, you know what I mean? You can understand <laughs> people not thinking, He's, he's three years like older than my own kids. And I look at my own kid and go, where they go wrong? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, here, here's another one for you, Gav, that I want to talk about. Um, it's Madrid allegedly wanting to pay $40 million for Vinicius Jr. They have. They, they have done it. Yes, they have done it. And they're going to leave him there for three seasons because they are so smart. Because they looked at the last time they done that way. Oh, the guard. Yes, and that's what going to bring from up. his home. Yep. Yes, they're being smart this time. They're going to leave him there and they're going to say, keep an eye on him. He didn't have a particularly good debut, but he, he, he showed a wee bit here at, at the weekend. Um, I, I'm actually going down in the hope to see him because over the international break and I'm hoping that he'll actually be a starter here against Sport Recife on the 7th of June, I think, um, and see what all the hype was about. But I, I'm delighted actually to hear that he's going to stay down here for three years because going there, I just don't think he's ready for it. Uh, I've seen no. him, don't don't get me wrong. I've seen him at, at the junior level and whatnot, and and you know it's a big enough step up what he's done going into the full Flamengo side, but you know going to Madrid, you, you know they're not a club, Gavin, that is synonymous with youth development. You know they're, no. they're a Galactico side. You know what I mean? That that they buy the best, and you know while this kid could be the best, he's not going to be the best for maybe three, four, five years. Do you know what he's saying, Dave? When I watch this kid, um, Brazilian, he's absolutely fucking fantastic. And a lot of people are comparing him to a certain players. To me, in my opinion, watching him, I like to do is I like to look at these kids. I don't know what Neymar. I looked at Neymar when he was at Santos, this YouTube player, and I looked at his talent and I have to took it back a bit and then compared him to where he should be. This kid, this is Ronaldinho, part two. In my opinion, this fella is fucking insane. As long as he's allowed to progress. Not Ronaldo, not Neymar. This is Ronaldinho. Mm. You see, the problem there is with resting because they go into the full squads here at 16, as this kid has done. And probably by the time, if he stays down here three years, he'll have 150 games under his belt at least. 40 million quid, Dave, is the warder. Well, that's why I'm going down to receive to see for myself. Um, at the moment, I don't think any 16-year-old's worth that because, you know, how many times have you seen the next big thing? Like, we were giving out Marlis Moreno. I've banged the drum. Couldn't even get a, couldn't even get a start at Deportivo. Was absolutely he got his last bad. game this season. He was put on as a substitute. The whole stadium fucking plodded him on. And I was looking going, what are you plodding? You haven't even seen him. Yeah, you wouldn't know what he was about. And uh, there's there's a rumour, Gav, I don't know whether you've heard it, that he's going to stay there for another season still. He likes it there, apparently. Well, based on the coach hugging him, crying, I'd say he's going home. Right. Well, you're, you're talking home to Man City or home to Colombia? I've no idea. Just, you know what, I've seen Moreno during the cup libs. He, he's just wasted. He's one of those players, what can you say? He's just one of those players that you kind of wished got the opportunity to show himself, but he's at a club that's just basically puffing him around. 
I, I don't know. You know, City only paid the four million, four four point seven million euro. It was a, it was a steal for him. To me, that have been far better. You know, we've seen what what happened to Atletico Nacional here. The the couple of Adorias champions went out this week, and you know, putting Amaris Moreno back on that side again, he would have been far. His his career, I think, would have been far better served with another year down here. Now I know you you watched last year, and and to me, I would have been much happier with him sort of sticking around South America, even even the loan him to a Brazilian side. You know what I mean, or an Argentinian side. I, I think rather than go there and. You know, I think his development has been stunted by by going to Spain. I haven't seen nothing there. That's the thing. Nobody has seen enough of uh, Carlos Moreno this season to even make an opinion on the type Carla, of player he is. Carlos Moreno, did you just say? Marlos Moreno. They've edited that out. <laughs> no, that's the second one. Ali feels a lot better now. <laughs> you know, we, we have a superstar in the making coming into the, the fray that we've seen... One side of the world do what he has to do. Comes to Europe, huge ex- expectations. It just he doesn't live up to it because he's not been given the chance to live up to it. Uh, uh, today we've seen Deportivo. He brings him on as a sub. I mean, I think that's his third appearance for Deportivo this season. It's fucking scandalous. But why is it, Gav? Does he not fit their system? Is it not the style of play? That what what was the what was the score in your opinion? Well, if you watch Deportivo this season, who who knows what that system is? Who who's in charge? Because it's a head scratcher day. Because for me, Manus Moreno could have fitted into absolutely any league club this season. He could have come off for Barcelona or Real Madrid from the bench. Yeah, he cannot get a start for Deportivo. Who well, lucky not to be relegated on the last day of the season. Yeah, he comes out for 15 minutes, gets a hug from half the squad, as if to say, you know what, see you next season. All right, I'll see you again. Love you, bye-bye. Who knows? Should there be some regulation brought in to protect these kids up until they're about 19? You know, Vinicius Jr. going for 40 million to Madrid. Now, you know, probably 40 million to Madrid's not a great deal of money. It's a huge amount of money, I can assure you, for, for Flamengo down here. I, I just don't think that... Now is the time. In two years' time, he could, he could amount to nothing, Gav. You know what I mean? And you're putting that hype and that expectation on such... Young, like, 16 years old. As you say, like, you, you, you're a young fella at 15. You know what I mean? I, imagine that kind of expectation being placed on his shoulders. Real Madrid. You know, it, it, to me, it's just too much. You know what? They, they're being smart now, Dave. They're leaving him there. They're not doing what they're doing with Odegaard and dragging him and slapping him in the B team and just, you know, hoping that he'll just click into play. I, I know, but but at the same time, it's not a, it's not even where they're leaving him. It's they have this expectation that you know he's going to be this superstar and he, his potential is there. But how many of them do we see that never reach that potential? And that's the point that I'm making. And the spunk like fucking forty million. Neymar. No, Average, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not buying average. But look, Barcelona boss Santos Neymar. Santos Neymar was absolutely extraordinary. But you look at Santos Neymar and Barcelona Neymar. Barcelona Neymar is one of the best players in the world. Is he Santos Neymar? No, he's not. Is he worth what was paid for? No, he's not. And you don't know if you've seen this this kid that's um, lined up to join Real Madrid. He's 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 going to be. Oh, what do you say? He's Vincentius Junior or something. <laughs> I've not seen a thing. About, I've not seen anything of him. I've seen his name mentioned, and that is it. I've never seen him play or anything. But if you likes, you mentioned the Odegaard. 
and and that is a good example of you know that players going to super clubs way way too soon in their development. That lad, that lad should never have made that move. You know, he was shown around all sorts of different clubs in Europe, and the and the people advising him should have been much smarter and really put him a a stepping stone club. To, simple as that. And and I think you're right. You know, I think the players and their advisors have got to be a little bit smarter and see the long, you know, the long game for the, for their clients. And that um, you know, just because Barcelona or Real Madrid or Bayern Munich come in for you now doesn't mean you have to go there now. It you know you pick someone else, take the next logical step in your career, and those big massive clubs. You keep doing what you're doing; they will come back for you. And rather than you just kind of get sent out on loan or stuck in the B team or anything like that, they'll be signing you to put you in their A team. So, I don't know about regulations. I think it's as much as anything is is the players and the people around them have got to be a little bit smarter and a bit more. I think I say think think more of the long term and you know the best interest of the player for their long you know for the long term of their career rather than you know how much money's on the table right here right now. Same this is bodies and this is all of the place we talk about. Shoy Day is just message gone. He needs a piss back in two minutes. So me and Andy are on top. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, let's talk about something that has done my fucking head in since. Since the moment I heard about it, we in the UK, we are. I'm a Sky man. I've got. Um, You're not in the La UK Liga. either. You only dream of that. No, according to Sky, I'm in the UK, so I have to latch on to that. We are in the UK, according to Sky. We have La Liga, the best coverage of La Liga football in the world, by a mile. It's absolutely fantastic. I love it. It cannot be changed. However, I'm also a European football fan. I love the Bundesliga. I love Liga and I love Serie A. I'm not a mad Premier League supporter, so I couldn't give a shit where it's shown. But this week, BT Sports, BT being the biggest competition to Sky Sports in the last couple of seasons, who have come in with their fucking mega offers of spending a billion quid on the Champions League to host the rights for the last five years, next five years, last five years, who gives a shit? And we're going to sell it to Michael Owen, Robbie Savage, Rio Ferdinand, and Steven Gerrard. But, before we sell that, we are going to get rid of, arguably, the best footballing show on TV of the last five years, which is the European Football Show, with James Richardson, James Horncastle, Ian McIntosh, all them boys, Andy Brassels, Rafa Honigstein, Julian Ron. What the fuck, Andy? What the fuck are they doing? Well, what do they know about the Premier League? I mean, seriously, Andy. I mean, you're talking about an hour slot, yeah. honestly. You're talking, well, in my opinion, and this isn't a fucking, this isn't, you know, this, is, this isn't me going off on a tangent talking about something that's, you know. It's nothing to do with you being pissed. No, this is fucking madness. It is. I, mean, I, 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 I sound like a broken record because I don't know how many times we've said that we've said it before on here. But you know, BT when they came into the market, they had the opportunity to really sort of shake things up and change it around, and and they didn't. Instead, they just tried to follow the Sky model 
except kind of like on the well not on the cheap because they've they've overpaid but it's pound shop presentation but it's yeah i mean who needs intelligent journalists talking european football when you can have more of robbie savage and michael owen yeah and people like that offering absolutely zero i've i've only managed to catch a few of them because i don't have bt so i don't catch enough of them but i've seen clips here and there, and I've watched a few of the shows, and uh, I, I've read I've read articles, numerous articles from from the guys involved. Um, follow them on social media as well. They, you know, the, these are respected journalists, uh, and they are some of the best writers out there as well. I, I mean, it just it really does it beggars belief. I mean, what my one of my personal gripes is that Sky Sky came in. And, and you know, took the ownership to the Premier League football, you know, back in the early nineties and revolutionized it and changed it and everything like that. And yeah, they did. You know, they totally changed the way that football was broadcast in Britain. It they totally changed it. They really shook things up and it was different. But over the last, I don't know, fifteen years or so, ten, fifteen years, it feels like football's been dumbed down. And and it's and it's getting worse and worse and worse. You know, year on year on year, it feels the pundits seem to be getting worse. Even even Gary Neville now, you know, who, who was such a respected pundit now, just it, it seems like he's almost fallen in line with some of the others. And it's just the same old tripe. And BT, like I said, had, had the opportunity to come in and completely change the market, shake it up. And they've got, you know, like you said, you know, Andy Brassel there, or Claire the, <laughs> Honigstein. The, the, James Richardson, the, you know, actually when has been on there, they've got some fantastic people who are articulate or intelligent. They know their football. They, they had an opportunity to do something completely different yeah. with broadcasting. And instead, they've gone down the same thing, the, the exact same mm. format as Sky, yeah. except worse. They get worse and pundits and they, 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 they make a bloody worse job of it. It's, it's ah. Fuck him, Andy, do you want to hear their response to my email? BT is response to my email. Here, here you are. Thank you for the email, Gavin. Details of next season's football programme on BT Sports will be announced in the summer. However, one of the changes being considered, but not confirmed, is that the European football show may not be returning in the exact format as it is. The show led by James Richardson has limited viewers and we will use resources where there will be higher audiences. Sorry, I'm drunk. <laughs> well, you know, they're talking about limited viewers. So what yeah. about their Champions League? No, he, I'm just... Their figures. What, what about their Premier League figures? Because no, what I've heard, look, that they're pretty atrocious. Yeah, look, I'm just, I'm just going to Go finish off what they sent me. Fans of European football will be still be able to access... Hundreds of live matches from across Syria, Liga and Bundesliga next season, as well as seeing James and the team on the goal show that accompanies the live Champions League football and BT Sport. Well, my response to that is BT Sport, you have severely fucked up Yeah, by taking that off. So what are they paying those guys to do that show as compared to how much they'll be playing 
they'll be paying ex-footballers to sit and talk absolute shite during live matches. I mean, why why yeah. do we have to have two core commentators talking crap and then because, a referee because, to come on and because, say, oh, yeah, um, that offside, that was an offside. So I would have given offside because he's offside. Because the the intellects get beaten by del, delinquents. Delinquents win. You're not suggesting you're an intellectual, are you? Please, God, no. Me, I'm a fucking professor. <laughs> you're not going to bring your guest in, though? Oh, no? Ali Eon. Evening, gents. Ah, there's the fucking walking He's man. Been... The fucking body's crazy. He's been pining after you all night. <laughs> Ali, Ali. I can, I can just imagine. Our, our Ali's been busy, busy at his fucking fifteenth job of the day, and he's how many visits to the gym have you fitted in as just, well? Just, just one today. I've just took another job on as well. That's sixteen. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> Ali, fart. How are you feeling? <laughs> Do you know what, mate? I, I, I'm celebrating. I don't give a fuck. We're fourth. We're back in the Champions League. Hopefully, we can sign somebody decent. You're not back in the Champions League, Ethan. You should be relieved. You don't fucking celebrate. You're, you're, you're after this league. season. I'm not. I'm, I'm celebrating it because I, I was like you, Dave. I thought we would finish fifth, sixth, seventh in that mark. So playoffs. We'll win the playoff. I'm not bothered about that. Sorry, we'll, we'll give you a brief rundown, Ali. I started hosting. Gavin wrestled the control from me and and said under his control now. So good oh luck. Christ, <laughs> we've had we've had a pitch invasion. Ali, what, what, Ali, we're gonna go on to the Eredivisie. Fair not. They won the league. They beat Ajax last day of the season. Uh, Duke out. Scores hat-trick. Legend. Dave, I am so pissed. I don't even know. Are we recording? <laughs> oh, shit, I forgot. <laughs> shit, somebody take this off me because I'm going to get one on a tangent. Well, you're going to do the Eredivisie and then you're going to finish, so go ahead. Ali, Feyenoord, why they your choice? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what any team's like in that league but they would have always been my choice because Dirk Kuyt was their captain I'm only lying they finished second Ajax finished they, fourth they didn't they won the league with Dirk Kuyt Hattrick I watched the, I watched his last game and I watched his speech after it and I watched him singing You'll Never Walk Alone the man is a hero this podcast has been brought to you by Exceedingly Strong Lager Dave I cannot wait to see this put together edited <laughs> edited <laughs> It's the taking apart. It's the taking apart <laughs> bit to put it back together. It's the fucking bit that I'm Are you, are you doing the editing? No, I think, you know what, to be fair to European football, I think we should head to Greece and Olympiacos. Andy, they finished six points ahead of Pack. What do you reckon? Pack of what? Pack. Or six pack. Four pack. <laughs> do you know what, you're trying to be serious in this shit and then Dave comes along and just <laughs> fucks it up. <laughs> Gavin, I, we love to see you on the ropes and do you think you're uh, getting off the ropes now you're no, after what you after what you pair of clowns have done on 11 pieces of me in the last couple of weeks I tell you you boys are fucking not my yeah, favourite well, what have we done whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. Rewind. Don't wait. hold on a second what have we done Turkish league Pele Dan, I'm, that's ah, just one word Pele. that's just one player that's just one guest Gav's guest Anyway, back to the pod. Uh, Besiktas uh, lead the Togus Yeah, whatever. League. Whatever. And then we have Andy. Andy just comes in. <laughs> right. Okay, when, did, when did this finish? <laughs> yeah. Whenever you decide, you've wrestled right. control. It's up to yeah, you now. Last, I'm, rest, I'm wrestling control I'm for you now. I'm wrestling. Right. Pitch invasions. Come on. 
Yeah, pitch invasion. Never mind. Come on. Yes. Okay. Are we going to finish the pod with a pitch invasion because we came seventeenth? Yes, Andy. It's your turn. It's your tur- turn to host, and yeah. I'll close it. What about that? There you are. There's a. When when, the when is it okay to have a pitch invasion? Because I've seen when? also <laughs> so the last few weeks I've seen new was it I think it was Newport Newport County. You know, invaded doing a pitch invasion because they came fourth bottom. You know, like you know, the cat they, they they were they lifted the players up on the shoulders. They were carrying around the pitch. They came forth from bottom. They survived on the last day of the season, and they were carrying around like heroes. And it's like, do you really celebrate that you're the fourth shittest team in the league like that? It just felt wrong. You know, winning a playoff is that enough to to invade the pitch? Really, the League One playoff? Really? Well, I suppose League One. You're not talking about grassroots survival sort of thing you know what I mean I, I can I can understand it if, if you're very survival your club's at risk or something through relegation it seems to be creeping back in again it's a thing of yesteryear um, Andy and it seems to slowly but surely be creeping back in again we saw it at White Hart Lane but I thought it was quite funny actually because they'd, they'd expressly sort of requested please don't invade the pitch please don't invade the pitch fuck you couldn't see any green at the end of it i think people had spades or something gavin they basically invaded their new pitch because they're only new fucking 10 feet away well there's that (laughs) well look barcelona fans don't invade the pitch because unless we're winning a quadruple oh do do you invade the pitch for winning the copa del rey we haven't played the copa del rey (laughs) sorry andy where have you finished for it Yeah, when you win, if you win the Copa del Rey for like the fiftieth time next weekend, do you invade the pitch? No, we will take gracefully, and you know what we will do? We will look down on all you peasants and go, you know what? This is what it's like to honourably win a trophy. We will not celebrate for it because we don't know what fort is. But you know what you can do, Andy and Dave and Ali. Let us know how that feels. You were in the playoffs. Ali, we were talking pre about this. I'm just wondering Ali. what. Ali's just on here. I'm speaking to ah, fucking Ali. Ali. You be quiet. Ali, do you, you're maybe a bit young for it, but you remember the home international championships whenever Scotland beat England? <laughs> and fucking took, they, took half a Wem- they took half a Wembley home with them, the fucking goalposts, the pitch, everything. You remember that? Uh, yeah, about what year was that? Was that, was that when. Before you were born. Late set, I mean, late late seventies, early eighties, but it, it it's folklore. Like it, it was one of the funniest things I ever. Did, saw. Did it not happen in, think, the, in the playoff I think it was, for the, the Euros no, I think as well was, when Don Hutchison scored? Yeah, I'm sure it happened again then. Though that was at the old Wembley. I'm sure there was like similar scenes. I hate to disappoint you, Dave. But this is I've the got most a feeling. I've got a feeling, right? Never. That one with Scotland at Wembley was 1967, and they did it because England were the world champions at the time. So they thought, in the in the heads of the no, Scottish no. fans, that that made them the the world champions. I I was I was one at that time, and I have real vivid memories of this. So it definitely wasn't then. They've done it a few times then. It must be a Scottish trade, Alex. It sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they had a great day out. They took a pitch home with them. <laughs> <laughs> They would have been on sale the next day. I'm sure. I I'm, I think they took a post and everything. I always remember that like, they, they were hanging off the post, bouncing off the post to break the, the crossbar. Um, I'm sure. I must. I must actually look it up online. I must post it if it's on YouTube. I'm sure. Yeah. Actually, um, whoa, 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 whoa. actually, fuck this shit, man. This is bodies. I'm gonna. Gav, Gav, have you ever parked a caravan on one of the pitches after you've won there? Celebrate. Have you? He doesn't have a Oh, yeah, look at fucking Dave and Andy in a tree. Mm, okay, S-S-I-N-G. I'm speaking Andy Ali. Ha- has something called a house. Ali. Ali, 
with four walls uh, and no wheels. Don't try and get me on your side now. You just bitched about me two minutes ago. Fuck oh, right off. Oh, the ones that we saw. I'm asking <laughs> question. Are you happy with fart? I'm a happy with fourth. No, but I'll take it. What, what is the point here, Gavin? What are you trying? What are you trying to prove? Just asking here? a question, Dave. I'll start on the fucking DPL novice. Man, I cannot wait to hear this podcast because this is going to be absolutely a mess. Yep, and it could be sometime in the next three weeks by the time I get round to doing this. I'm, on, I'm, I'm actually going to go on to the next subject since we have everybody on. Belgium, lads. Eden Nazard. No, He's from Belgium. Yeah. No, let's be fair. Let's be fair. I'm going to go round the table. Start with Dave. Dave, Europa League final. Ajax versus Manionoye. What's the score? Oh, 2-1 Ajax. Ooh. Andy. I'm going to say 1-0 to United. Andy. That would be Ali. No, no you've just done I, me. No, no, no. Dave, get ready to edit. Andy. I reckon it'll be 1-0 United. Andy, so what's your prediction for the... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not editing this. I am not editing this. Don't ask me a third time. It's not going to change. It's the same prediction. <laughs> what's that? The pod name is Drunk Gav. <laughs> in, in fairness, Andy, I think it's going to be 2-0 United as well. I think they've won He's, it. He said 1-0, Lally. Who's strong now? <laughs> I meant United winning. Yeah. And yourself, Gavin, Like, what, what do you think before you close the pod? What do you think? 3-1 Ajax. Hope you're right. And I'm going to want the Champions League. Shut up, Dave. Champions League. I'm going to go around the table. Dave, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Champions League, uh, Madrid versus Juventus. The heart says 1-0 Juve, the head says 1-0 Madrid. Um, Real Madrid versus Juventus, what's the score? Ali? Um, I want Juve to win it just for Buffon, but 3-1 Madrid. I want Juve to win it, but 3-1 Madrid. Okay, yeah, Andy? I think Real will beat them. I, I'm going I'm to say 2-1 to Real in extra time. Okay, I'm going to go... Five nil Juventus. <laughs> <laughs> Gav also four hours ago was predicting Barcelona still to win the Liga today. Just remember that, guys. Well, let's let, let's go on to Barcelona. What, what's your prediction for the Copa del Rey then, and Gavin? I'm gonna go Alaves one nil. This is gonna be a Wimbledon. Trust me. But they've no Larry Sanchez. The tennis tournament. Thiago Hernandez in this place. I suppose it has that Latin feel to it. Actually, what the fuck? I can't finish with this. Dave, I've taken off this podcast. Gavin, shut up. I'll do the idea. Just shut up. <laughs> right here, I think we'll, we'll leave it at that point because we've wandered off and, and Gavin's wandered off down the uh, the drunken road. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of leave it there. And, and just, I think, for convenience sake, we'll go to Gav first for his plugs because this could wander. Gavin, where can we find you? What are you doing apart from drinking? I'm stretch out my sofa in a, in a ball, thinking the next season and what I'm going to do to WFI. What are you going to do to WFI? Yeah, of course. Or for WFI? What did I say? I've seen what you've done to WFI in the last two weeks and, and I didn't really like it, you know what I mean? But look, moving swiftly along, uh, Andy, where, what are you working on at the minute? Where can we find you? Uh, and apologies. Apologies for what? <laughs> for you! <laughs> Right, I'm working on going on holiday, and that's it. Wake <laughs> up. Wake up. Can you have um, room for one more? Because please, God, take him away. 
Uh, I, I need a break. I need a break. From I'm burned out from all the football, so I've got the canaries and sit in the sun for a week and drink beer. So there you go. Oh, what a holiday! So if you <laughs> if you want to try and catch me on Twitter, I probably won't be on there till early June anyway. So there you go. At Andy Armchair, and it's nice to be back. And Ali, Ali, you didn't really get an intro, but you will give you an outro. Working with we'll fans, you. What are you doing? What are you destroying this week? Walking. <laughs> Basically working you. Um, on Twitter, Ali Thompson eighty four, and just check out eleven pieces of me. This week's actually quite good. Gav's was quiet it? for most of it. Yeah, that that was the high point. Actually, was the silent parts from Gav that it really was the high point. Listen, we're a bit sort of light on content this week, and probably last week coming uh, end of the season. And I'm gonna go. Would you mute? Wait, who me? Yes. No. Well, then be quiet. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of looking forward to a, sort of a couple of months on a very reduced workload. Uh, but I, I, yes, I am. You all finished? No. <laughs> well, just, just mute. Oh, right. Listen, this has been bodies in the box. Uh, there's no, there's no mistaking. That this has is, it? <laughs> no, there, there is no mistake. There is only, there is only one bodies in the box, and this has been it. Thank you and good night. <laughs>